parenting now, and uh, this is certainly something that many people oh, will be feeling. Sibling squabbles. Uh, you know how it starts. There's whining, there's moaning, there's tattling, there's fighting. And over who did what, uh, who did what to who, who's to blame. It can absolutely drive parents mad. But psychologist Dr Rachel Sharman of the University of the Sunshine Coast says sibling rivalry is a perfectly normal and, in fact, even necessary part of the developmental process. So how can parents guide their kids through the conflict that can ensue? Dr Rachel Sharman is with us now. Kia ora, thank you for being with us on Nine to Noon. Good morning. Um, I should have some full disclosure, I suppose, at the start here. Um, I'm an only child, and I'm, I'd be intrigued to talk about only children as, as part of this a little bit later on. But um, can you explain to me, who does not know, what is sibling rivalry? Look, uh, think of it as those little sort of birdies in the nest all squawking for their parents' attention. Uh, we like to think we're a sophisticated species, but we're not much <laughs> further off that, I'm afraid. So really, this is what it's about. It is. It is usually comes down to children vying for their parents' attention and also just trying to figure out, you know, some of the social rules like, you know, sharing and who gets the best, um, you know, best dessert after dinner and the best seat in front of the TV and all that sort of stuff. So it's a, your family's a little microcosm for society where the kids are trying to sort of jostle and, and figure out, you know, how, how do I actually work with other people? How do I learn how to play well with others? And so this can be, I guess, pretty, I mean, noisy, but it's pretty benign stuff uh, a lot of the time. But it, like so many things, there is a spectrum here. It can get extreme. Mm-hmm. Look, we, we can actually get into the realm of what we, what we call sibling bullying and there has been some research done around this and it can get very extreme. In fact, some of the research even shows, you know, all the way up to homicide, which I promise you is extremely rare. Um, but nonetheless, it, you, we can get some, you know, nasty sorts of dynamics that develop between siblings. So we do need to keep an eye out for that. We do have some idea of w- what factors lead to it becoming, you know, really quite bad as opposed to just your everyday squabbles and, and fighting. So if we're the birdies all squawking in the nest, what is the purpose to, so, uh, to, you know, to these kinds of squabbles from an evolutionary point of view? Where does it come from? Parent, yeah, parental attention. <laughs> that's, that's the short <laughs> answer. It really is parental attention. Um, so making sure you get the biggest slice of cake, the biggest share, the, the most amount of attention from the parents. So uh, for the most part, that's what sibling squabbling is all about, particularly in the younger years. As kids get a little bit older and they get a little bit more, I suppose, sophisticated, um, it's probably it's probably a bit more about sort of the shifting power dynamics in the family, you know, who gets to make the decisions, who gets to decide which theme park to go to this Christmas, you know, all, all of those sorts of things. So there can get a bit of a, a bit of a power dynamic forming there. But um, for the most part, it really does just come back to attention from the parents. So all attention is good attention in this circumstance. Well, see, that's the problem. Even negative attention is attention, isn't it? So I think this is where this is where some of the whinging can come in and this is where parents get, I suppose, sucked into responding to less adaptive behaviours to get their attention. So whinging, fighting, punching, maybe even breaking things. Um, and I think parents just need to be aware that, look, they're trying to get your attention. So what you want to try and do is have them do that in, a, in an appropriate way. So you don't want to sort of reward 
reward the whinging, the fighting, the, the negative ways of getting attention. You want to redirect them and say, hey, if you want my attention, how can we ask nicely for this? So, so little things like that, even when they're younger, just to, just to get them on the right path there. Is it always obvious, and I suppose I do ask this as an only child, is it always obvious when the sibling rivalry is, is in quotes, normal, when it's not um, worrying? How do you know when it tips over into something that is murkier? Okay, so first of all, when we see what we call sort of sibling bullying, so it's really it's really moving on from that sort of rivalry thing, we often do see parents who are stretched too thin for one reason or another. It could be work, it could be too many children, it could be uh, you know a recent disaster in the family or something like that, so the attention's moving sideways. So this is part of the problem. Often the, attention, the, the parent isn't aware that actually a sibling is being bullied or being sort of badly treated. They might in fact be leaving the younger siblings with the older siblings for the older siblings to manage them you know whilst they're out and about doing whatever it is they need to be doing so that's the first thing it's not always obvious um, what we know from sibling bullying is as I've said that the main precursor is parents stretch too thin for, for one reason or another could okay. be very valid reasons could be could be not so valid reasons but yeah they're, they're not there how important is it for parents to deal with this kind of thing because I guess you don't want to leave it, leave a situation that could fester and, and that could become much worse. Look, absolutely. And I think it, it, it is a bit of a difficult one to, um, to pick sometimes. But I think if you're seeing um, the repeated use of, um, you know, particularly violence, physical violence, but just the repeated attempts to get power over another sibling. So if, if a younger sibling in particular is withdrawing or they seem a little bit scared of their older sibling, um, they seem a little bit sort of bit too introverted, a bit too isolated, I think it's time to start asking some questions about potentially what's going on, particularly if you're not always there to monitor the situation. You, you do want to start asking some questions about what is going on behind closed doors here. And what is a good way to intervene? Because as you're saying, if it's all about attention, you need to be kind of careful how you, how you land that. Yeah, look, absolutely. Uh, the first thing is, is to, to take stock of why you're not there and why you're not why you're not able to sort of spread yourself or share yourself equally amongst the children and look sometimes these things just can't be helped uh, but it is a, a good place to sort of reflect well hang on a minute why why am I not spending as much time with my kids as I possibly should be are there things that I can change up about that um, we do know that in families where particularly you have the eldest child who is male and who also has um, a few shall we call it antisocial tendencies that this is where we can get um, really problematic bullying so so, you know, be honest with yourself. If you've got a bit of an obnoxious older male, you know, maybe he needs to go and stay at grandma's in the afternoon instead of actually coming home with the younger siblings. Maybe he's, you know, he's really not the best person to be uh, in charge of that arrangement. So, yeah, really, you do need to intervene, I think, at that point, And you really need to take stock of your family structure and, wh you know, where people need to be and how they can be kept together safely. Do you also need to be on your guard here? Because I suppose the dynamic could work in all sorts of ways that if you've got a, you know, perhaps a particularly um, a child with a, a, a bigger personality or, um, you know, just a, a, a the, the kind of child who might just be more likely to challenge authority, but they come at a younger point further down the family. This is something that could could go upwards as well. 
Oh, look, I love it when an introverted family throws an extrovert. It's just hilarious, isn't it? So you get these families. That, and this is the thing. You need to remember the apple doesn't usually fall too far from the tree. So personality traits tend to cluster in families. And you're quite right. You don't want to mislabel a kid who's just the black sheep or the odd one out. And as you say, they're, they're very extroverted or they're a lot louder or perhaps they're just a bit more bolshy and, a, and a, you know, a bit more curious and a bit more interested in challenging things. You don't necessarily want to label that kid a bully. Again, have a think about you, your family structure. Are we just talking about a black sheep here? And really, the, the, look, the, the kicker is here, is is that child repeatedly trying to use power in order to get control over their siblings? That, that's really what you're looking for. So it's not just about having someone who's a bit louder and, and has a bigger presence just because of their personality. How much does the age gap matter here? Look, it can do in, in various different ways. And I've done a lot of radio interviews about this, actually, and a lot of people ringing in with, with a whole raft of different ways that the age gap can uh, complicate this, I suppose. And again, you know, there are some kids who felt somewhat resentful that they kind of had to look after their younger siblings. So that can then create a very difficult dynamic because it's not the younger kiddie's fault, obviously, but the older kiddie, no doubt, you know, um, bears some resentment for being that child's caregiver when really they shouldn't have been. So, you know, again, we're coming back to attention. To to what extent um, are you able to sort of divide your attention and, and allow the older children to develop and actually still be going to footy games and doing all the teenage fun stuff with them at the same time as looking after younger kids. So it is a bit of a wake-up call, I think, to parents to say, think about your family structure and, and plan for your children. You know, think about what time do I actually have to give to these kids across the lifespan? Do you also need to, as a parent, sort of check in on your own behaviour and and be honest with yourself about whether you are, you know, if you are being, um, you know, playing favourites a bit with your children or, you know, just because... Um, you perhaps share interests with one or other of your children that you're, you know, you're not giving them more time than the others. Look, absolutely. And I think people forget this. Kids have a real radar for extra time, extra attention. They're almost in tune into it. <laughs> it's quite remarkable. You know, you went to the netball games and you never came to mine and that kind of thing. Um, and, and it's true. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is some kids will share your personality more strongly than other kids. Some kids will share your interests more strongly than other kids. So you do have to kind of sit there and reflect for a bit and actually giving the kitty who's probably the least like me just as much time as I'm giving the kitty who, you know, naturally we just get on very well and we vibe really well together. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day here, it, you know, families are curious things in so many ways, but families are curious <laughs> things because we are just collections of people. There's nothing to say that necessarily you will get on with your parents or you will get on with your siblings. Um, so it can be a tough one to manage. Yeah, look, it is interesting. Like I said, apples and trees, you know, we, we do, there are genes here and they do absolutely influence our personality and our interests and our intelligence and a whole range of things. So we do tend to cluster, um, but you, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the bigger the family, you'll find the more outliers that there are in there. You know, there'll always be the sort of the, the, the dodgy Auntie Sally and Uncle Barry and, and cousins and all the rest of us of whom we do not speak um, and who are very, very different and really, uh, you know, 
know, you, you, it's hard to sort of find anything in common with them. And sometimes you'll absolutely get a pair of siblings who are so different. By the time they get to adulthood, you sort of think to yourself, gee, if you two weren't related, you probably wouldn't choose to have anything to do with each other out there in, in, real, in the real world. And I think parents just have to, particularly if they have a very big family, um, but sometimes this can just happen sort of um, accidentally almost, um, I think they just have to be aware of that and, and be okay with it, that they're not always necessarily going to have happy families and kumbaya and all the rest of it, that sometimes you will have really, really different, distinct personalities in there who at the end of the day probably don't get on that well, but, you know, they'll tolerate each other at Christmas. Hmm. What is the best way to talk with your children and to try to sort out sibling rivalry with them? Because this is something that you don't want to have continuing on into adulthood, is it? No, that's right. And look, I think think of it as a learning stage, and it really is. It truly is. So, so the family is the first um, experience that the little kitty's getting of how to live with other people. So if they're fighting over a toy or if they're fighting over some kind of resources, attention or what to watch on television, I, I think there is room there for a bit of a conversation sometimes about who wants what, what, what sort of turn-taking opportunities are there here, how do we figure out how to share things and, and think about how do you want them to manage that in the real world, you know, when they go to school, when they're an adult how would you like your little human here to actually manage that sort of stuff? So there's definitely a lot of opportunities to, to sit down with kids and go, well, okay, well, you know, you can have five minutes with this toy and then they have five minutes or um, you had it yesterday, he can have it today or perhaps we could do something different. So yeah, just, just think about how you would like that to be managed for yourself or for other people in the workplace, for example, and, and bring that into your family. This is, this is your job to start teaching and enculturating your children for the society they're about to enter as an adult. We've had a question in about what happens, I suppose, if a sibling rivalry does continue into adulthood. And, you know, if, if this has caused a rift between siblings, is there a way of coming back from that as adults? Is there a way of healing that? Oh, look, always, always. And it's interesting, isn't it? I, I, I see in my own practice that as people get older, a lot of this matters so much less, you know, those old rivalries and arguments and all the rest of it. People, as they get older, get wiser. They tend to develop a bigger picture perspective. Not always, but, but you know, often things going well if the ageing process is working the way it should. And so people often do circle back to their sibling relationships. It's really interesting watching people who have either lost contact or had very low contact, you know, over perhaps even a couple of decades circling back. But likewise, there are some relationships that are probably not salvageable, you know, where there's been some really nasty bullying or some really difficult dynamics or the parents have massively played sort of golden child, favourite child sort of dynamics. There's probably not a lot of way to get that back. And I think once you get older and, you, you know, you, you have your own family and your friend network and all the rest of it, you do tend to take stock of people who are perhaps useful in your life and people who, quite frankly, are energy vampires and really not worth having around. So, you know, people sometimes have to make really difficult decisions about who they're going to continue having in their life and what relationships they actually want to nurture and cultivate. Mm. Um we did talk at the beginning about how, you know, this is normal and indeed a necessary part of the developmental mm. process. So where does that leave all of us only children out here? <laughs> Actually, only children do quite well. <laughs> so- 
there's, there's a lot of myths and legends about only children, about how they're all going to grow up selfish and terrible people and all the rest of it. Um, the research simply doesn't support that at all. Uh, only children actually grow up quite well, and we, we don't necessarily see these, you know, terrible levels of selfishness or inability to get on with others or, um, you know, terrible marriages. We, we just don't see it. So, I, you know, I don't think people need to stress or fuss if, they've, if they're one and done. Uh, your kitty's probably going to do just as well as kitties in a big family. But does it mean that only children who then go on to have larger than one child families, are they a bit at sea? Look, I think I think um, I think both that, that goes either way, doesn't it? If you've come from a family of six and you end up being a, a one and done, it's probably a very odd experience for you. And the uh, same thing, if you're an only child and you end up having you know lots and lots of kids, that's going to be an experience that is alien to you. But look, most human beings work this out pretty well. Most parents want the best for their kids and they adapt and they they move forward with their children and and, and they manage to figure it out on their own without any sort of professional help. Taitoko Namiki, thank you very much. Dr. Rachel Sharman there of the University of the Sunshine Coast talking there, yes, about sibling rivalry and squabbles.